Hey everyone, Dan Sharp here. Folks, let me tell you about this nonsense, all right? So we recorded this episode a while back and uh, it was on its way to the posting queue, but you know, it stopped off at the bar, had a few drinks, long story short, hammer drunk, passed out in a dumpster, missed the bus. We've all been there. So, um, no, I'm kidding. We just had some awesome guests and we just ended up pushing it back and back and back. So forgive any dated references. And now here's Jamie with a word from our sponsor. Welcome back to the Smoke Pit, everyone. This episode is brought to you by Telemind, providing mental health services to military personnel, veterans, and their families. If you're a veteran and you've got access to the VA, all you have to do is ask. Ask for a referral to Telemind. This can cut that wait time from up to six months to a couple of weeks. If you're active duty, they take TRICARE. Again, just ask for the referral. Cut that wait time from a half a year to a couple of weeks. If you are a dependent and someone on active duty or veteran status, just call. You don't need a referral. It's even easier for dependents, believe it or not. 866-991-2103. Or for you military types, 866-991-2103. All right, that's as moto as I'm going to get on this episode. <laughs> Half a year is too long to wait for help with mental health. Go visit Telemine today. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the Smoke Pit and welcome to all the listeners from across the globe. We have 55 different countries tuning in and that is mind-boggling to think. Joining me today, we have Jamie Goldie Goldstein and AJ Pfeffer. Yo. You know both of them. You love both of them. Guys, I got to say, we have to figure out a way to get that 55 countries up to 69. So, Jamie, how do you think we could do that? I mean, personally, I don't think achieving a 69 is that hard. I think people <laughs> think it. I think they tend yeah. to overcomplicate it in their heads and set, them, set themselves up for failure. I think we can do it. Makes sense. AJ? I think uh, 69 or 96. Either way, it could be good. You know, it just depends on who's... That's just too much, man. Who's, too who's much. willing to lift up, do the work, put up those numbers... <laughs> yeah, you're 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 getting a little too close to 99. I mean, I know we got a triple nine going on right now, but that is besides the point, gentlemen. We are ending another season of the Smoke Pit, and I think that uh, more often than not, people spend more time dwelling on their uh, their failures uh, than their accomplishments. And so, we want to take the moment to to set the example, you know, to lead the way, to to take a little bit of time to be a little braggadocious, talk a little bit about our accomplishments and what we feel good that we accomplished this year. So that way we can rest, refocus, and be ready to tackle it in 2023. So Jamie, what have you done in the last year, either personally or professionally, that you're really proud of? You know, I'm going to go full cheese dick right off the bat. Um, one thing that I'm tremendously proud of in this past year is uh, uh, taking control of my mental health. Um, not just taking control of it, but taking responsibility for it and and owning it. Um, you know, I've, I've been doing a lot of great work uh, professionally. Um, I mean, mental health professional, like seeing a professional. Uh, we've 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 done a lot of a lot of digging, a lot of uh, uncovering, a uh, little little bit of reburying on a few things. But uh, no, I'm, I'm I'm ending the year a lot stronger mentally than I that I started it, and I'm I'm incredibly proud of that. Well, that's fantastic to hear, man. Sometimes you got to bury things so that way it can sprout and you can harvest the fruits later on. What else you got? Ooh, Ooh. <laughs> what, what else I got? Uh, yeah. Well, obviously, I'm incredibly proud of, uh, you know, 
finally jumping on board and 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 making Pop Smoke Media my my full time home. Yeah, we um, uh, I I was thinking about that earlier today. I was like, you know, uh, AJ and I have uh, been here for a while. This started out with uh, two little earbud microphones on uh, on our couch. And then, uh, <laughs> you know, now that we've become wildly successful and, wildly. <laughs> yeah, we've had the, the bandwagoneer Jamie hop on to help us uh, achieve <laughs> new heights. Uh, yeah, because it started out... Um, uh, you you were part time, and then uh, you decided that uh, you you wanted to to dip both toes into the proverbial butthole, if you will. Yeah, you know, it it just seemed like this butthole over here really uh really was without boundaries. Um, it just did not have enough the, toes. The... <laughs> I wish I had more toes. Uh, <laughs> no, no, this really is the kind of place where, like, you know, my my only limit is my imagination. So I'm looking forward to pushing those limits. Oh yeah, and those like, toes. You know, <laughs> in a yeah, rule 34 dope. style or no, 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 just <laughs> purely, purely professional. We're professionals here. Anything else you got that you're proud of? Oh, that's it. That's it. Did it you launch any series? Did you do anything else? That's it. Did I watch any series? I'm oh, no, trying to launch any series. Launch. Yeah. No, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm desperately trying to, uh, to get my girlfriend into the Sopranos. We got like a yeah. three month trial to HBO max. So <laughs> <laughs> I think we can get it done. Highly worth it. Uh, so I'll kick it over to you, AJ. What have you done in 2022 that you are proud of? Well, uh, went to Shot Show for the first time earlier this year, which was good. Um, which was kind of a professional footbridge into getting my own company started up and uh, and working towards spitting product out of the door. Which we're another step closer, several steps closer throughout the year. But another step closer this week. Um, so yeah, basically, um, becoming a little bit closer to becoming financially independent. Well, that's good to hear. Uh, oh, anything yeah. else that uh, you're super proud of this year? Well, my daughter graduated boot camp. Ah, uh, there you go. If you didn't say that, I was about to be like, hey, <laughs> I was kind of thinking about whether or not I should put her business out there, but ah, eh, whatever. Uh, you're well, you're allowed to be proud. Navy. Good honor. Which I love her to death and I'm super proud of her. And she's uh, right now she's ahead of her class uh, down where she's doing her training. But Navy boot camp is so weird. And some of it at first I was like, well, it's been a long time since I graduated any boot camp. So maybe it's just, you know, mine, mine. Yeah. I was like, maybe mine was weird too. And I just don't remember it. And then I watched the Navy, like bring out a brass band and play the, theme song for pirates of the caribbean and i was like all right no this is this is weird wow so they went johnny depp gets royalties (laughs) yeah i didn't realize the u.s navy's job was to pay johnny depp royalties so you could buy thirty thousand dollars a month in wine yeah that's pretty wild the the navy used to use godsmack for their soundtrack for their score do you remember that they still had a lot of that hot the heavy rock music and i loved specifically there's a part where they had like before anybody came out and all the families were trying to sit they had these big uh, projectors up showing like moto films and some of the moto films were like, they'd show the guy firing the, the anti-ship rockets off the side of the fucking boat. They'd have the phalanx cannon going off. They'd have like aircraft taking off the carrier, blowing shit up. And right in the smack middle of that, they had like 
the two uh, culinary specialists like flipping flipping meat on the grill in the bottom deck of the ship. <laughs> and they both turn around and they're like, hey, it's like, why, why'd you have to go so hard for those two guys like that? That's terrible. Smoking the schmeeds. Right? They <laughs> get like, everybody else is a bunch of cool-blooded murderers. And then there's Bob. All right. So you, you went to SHOT Show. Uh, you managed to get your child uh, to adulthood without uh, any sort of disabilitating uh, effects or disabilities. What else are you proud of this year, man? Come on, hit me up. Give me something. Give me something that I could be like, mm, mm, yes, the flavor of personal accomplishment. <laughs> we love it. First of all, I think that's a lot of flavor. There's a lot of stank on that. But <laughs> there is one more thing, and I'm not sure about how much I can put into this. Um, but my my unit at my job has managed to like really rip forward on making our writing better and our presentation better and our tactics are better. Um, the old regime is kind of getting swept out a little bit, which is nice. And then uh, there's a new program we're starting up here very shortly. Hopefully if they sign all this paperwork and let the government have a budget um, so we can, expand our life-saving instructional services to uh bigger and better things all right and since it's like getting you uh, like pulling teeth to get you to talk about yourself what does that have to do with you um well i was one of the first people that went up to quantico for their collapse structure training ah. and while i myself am not a collapse structure specialist i will say that it was uh an eye-opening experience which caused me to be very um vocal about my preference for the program's inclusion i'll give and you an eye-opening experience when i collapse your structure <laughs> You'll be vocal then. buddy as long as you wiggle as much as i had to to get out of there i will be okay with it aj don't wiggle wiggle he folds and now he's on fire because he couldn't escape <laughs> buddy i gotta tell you uh six three and 210 pounds um i was squeeze i was hurting getting out of that bitch like yeah it was solely Marine Corps pride that kept me to continue. I was not going <laughs> to be embarrassed in front of a bunch of eighteen-year-old kids. You're just like Chesty, please, just give me, just give me this. <laughs> yeah, I was like uh, Archibald Henderson. Give me a crumb of your courage and strength. <laughs> He's got a tear rolling down his cheek as he hums yep. the Marine Corps hymn. So funny story, Jamie. I don't know if I told you about this whole incident, but the Marine. I let all the Marines go first. It, or more specifically, I didn't jump the line because I was figuring if I get stuck, I don't want to ball these kids have to stay here all day because it's super cold yeah. outside. Yeah. And um, thoughtful of you. Yeah. So the last guy in the line is extremely claustrophobic. Oh, my. And he was not subtle about saying so. And so I told him, I was like, hey, man, I was like, I'm a, you know, personnel recovery specialist amongst my other things. And I've got this you know, rescue rope in my hoodie that I'm wearing. So if anything <laughs> happens, I'll drag you out, which I you. was, I was just trying to make him feel better. There's no way I was going to drag him out and me out. Like that was going to be an all day thing. Fuck no. Mm -hmm. But we go through level one. He does. Okay. We go through level two, which is twice as dark and hard. <laughs> and, <laughs> and that was like, he was starting to feel it. And then level three, there's a lot of interconnecting tunnels and so at some point, and we're all wearing gas masks, and you're like scooching through this little tunnel. Yeah. And I'm finally, I'm laying on my back, waiting for the guy that's in front of me to move forward enough to where he's not kicking me in the head. 
Now he starts freaking out. So there's a guy in the tunnel beneath me and a guy in the tunnel uh, up on top of me. Sounds and one like of your them, average Friday night. You know, if you're having a good time. Yeah. So one of them starts trying to motivate the guy with claustrophobia. And Here so we they go. Still, they start singing the Marines hymn. <laughs> and so I was like, fuck it. And we're all wearing gas masks. We're in a giant metal box. So we're screaming yeah. the Marines hymn at each other. And we get about two sentences into the second verse and everybody just starts trailing off one at a time as they forget. And I was like, you sons of bitches. And then I finished it out and then wow. they left me. Oh, wow. So you didn't have to. And I'm sorry. Anymore, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to use my context clues here, but what were you doing in a metal box scrolling through tunnels? What is this? So it's what's called a collapsed structure training. Um, Basically, like if you're in a building and it collapses on you from an earthquake or a bomb, like how do you figure out how to squeeze your way out of there without causing more damage? And so they have okay. varying levels of tunnels that are smaller and smaller and have more and more jagged shit coming out of the sides. Okay. That well, sounds horrible. Um, I don't want to do that. You know, speaking yeah, of, the, this is actually a really good segue. AJ, for the longest time, um, I have had my suspicions and so hearing about you having to drag large, hairy um, bipedals through hellish landscapes, that's a great opportunity to segue into this uh, because for the longest time, I have had my suspicions that you have dated a Wendigo sometime in your past. And let me let me show this with scientific evidence, okay? This has been a long time coming. <laughs> so for those of, of you on, on YouTube, you're able to, to see this map that I just pulled up. Would you look at this region? This is this is a map of the um, the <coughs> area that is known to be frequented by the tribes where the legend of the Wendigo came from. And would you look at this area right here? And and for the court, would you identify what this area right here is called? That is the that's the east coast of Virginia. Is is this where you say you've spent the most? I'd say a fair amount of the last twenty years living in. I'd say the uh, a reasonable amount of the last. Six years, give or take. At least, right? And plus, you were stationed here in Quantico. Yes. Now, let's let's just go ahead and move this over here a little bit. You know, the the the, the Denver, Colorado area. I can't really talk too much about that because there's a picture I was sworn to delete, but we can't get into that. AJ knows how it applies. But let's let's go back to this area right here. Would you say, <laughs> if you were to define a Wendigo <laughs> as an evil, malicious spirit, would you say that you've had a lot of experiences with evil, malicious spirits in your dating life in this area? Um, I would say the area is a little more expansive than that. I don't want to exclude any, uh, any potential, <laughs> uh, Yeti of Christmas past, but yeah, I'd say that's a fair group. Well, folks, there you hear, uh, there you have it. Uh, AJ has fully admitted, uh, to his experience dating evil cryptids. And uh, if you go to YouTube, you can see the, the video evidence that was presented and you can also see our nifty backgrounds. Mm, yes. I'd like to point out one thing, though, is uh, that was not Colorado, sir. That was St. Louis. Now, don't make me pull that back up because that area was highlighted, too. Well, well, <laughs> I don't want to dance the side. So I, I told the gents, I was like, hey, you know, make sure you have a fun background. So, Jamie, just for the benefit of those listening and uh, who haven't checked out our YouTube channel yet, what is your background? So this is actually, I was in Vegas this uh, this past weekend for my birthday. It's a, a Happy little bit birthday. late. My birthday was back in November. Thank you. Um, and yeah, we did some hiking down at uh, Calico Basin. Um, 
which was absolutely stunning. If, if you can't put it together, it's called Calico Basin because it's a giant geographical basin where the rocks are calico colored. Well, uh, beautiful. Uh, we won't give away the other ones. You guys will just have to go check that out. But we are decisively putting a lot more effort into our YouTube channel these days, as we promised back in like season two. So <laughs> you're welcome. Oh, uh, yes. We said we'd do it. We never said when. Yes. And so to bring it back full circle before I got distracted by AJ's atrocious dating life, my accomplishments this year. Wait, hold on. Why did this all of a sudden have to go about my atrocious? Look, you know what? You, one of you your had, accomplishments. You had your time to brag about your accomplishments. One of your accomplishments is crapping on my dating life. <laughs> I mean, that's <laughs> thing. I wouldn't say that's something I'm particularly proud of, but. Uh, well, so I mean, your investigative there. work to connect him to the, to the Wendigos. That's yeah. that's pretty impressive. You, you just follow it. the damage trail, man. It's not that hard. <laughs> it's pretty par for the course. Uh, speaking of investigative journalism, uh, earlier this year, you may remember that uh, a boss and I, he was on the last episode with Andy Cunningham, who got fired by Steve Jobs uh, five times, and he tried to hire six times. It's a great episode if you haven't heard it yet. Uh, but a boss was delivering humanitarian supplies to refugee camps uh, along the um, the Poland and Ukraine border. And he was like, hey, do you want to go? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, all right, well, here's your ticket. Like, we leave in 48 hours. <laughs> I was like, okay. Um, as we were on the flight there, uh, there was an attack on a plant that was maybe about 100 miles away from where we were staying. And uh, maybe a week or so ago, they blew up a tractor that was like 40 miles away from the hotel I was at on the Poland side of the border. So that was crazy. We did a, we did a great article where we were able to interview some of the Americans who were going in to, to teach about trauma first aid and it's not you know we're not trying to make it political or anything just reporting the news and I, I was really proud of that then about two months later i had a gallbladder attack and i didn't die so i'm super proud of that uh they're <laughs> like yeah your gallbladder's fucked and so like it was just a super inconvenient side quest i woke up without an organ and then um two weeks later literally two weeks later i was in iceland proposing uh to my now fiance samantha and got some amazing pictures, had a fantastic experience overall. And I would probably say that's the third thing that I'm the, the most proud of this year. Outstanding. I love that you I love that getting engaged is number three on your fucking list. Well, I went uh, <laughs> chronologically, you know. I think <laughs> I think it would only be number three on his list because he's had so long to get used to the idea that that was gonna be the case. Like that's true. I guess yeah. I guess yeah, the no, I, I went by and I, the, uh, I clicked arrange by date. Pretty quick turnaround. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I uh, I clicked arrange by date because it was supposed to be something we did in January, but I caught COVID and they wouldn't let me fly. Um, so oh, I had to fucking... push that back. Ugh. And then so once my gallbladder decided to give up on me, I was like, I'm not missing this again. Like <laughs> <laughs> there I am, just kind of like limping around Iceland, uh, climbing mountains and going up forges and. Uh, just sitting in the with uh, with my toes in the uh, the thermal uh, the geothermal springs. And they're like, "Are you getting oh. in?" I'm like, "No, I got stitches, man. Like, I, just let me go dip my toes." <laughs> oh, you don't think the Blue Lagoon's sanitary? Well, I mean, like the 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 amount of chemicals that are floating through that has to be good for something, right? It's got to be right. Plus, I think they make you bathe before you get in. Wasn't yeah, that you're mandatory? supposed to. First yeah. of all. Anybody who's ever been to a public pool means knows that make you pee first doesn't mean those kids aren't doing it. All right. Oh no, there I is totally peed in it. I was just standing at the ledge instead of being waist deep. Yeah, there's a swim up bar. Like, of course you're gonna pee in the water. <laughs> 
You know what I love about this is that like we we sort of understand that it's a given. Like okay, yeah. people pee in the pool. You know, you just you know that going into it. But if you walk up to the side of the pool and just start pissing in, people freak mm-hmm. out, and it's the weirdest <laughs> thing. Yeah, no, that totally makes sense. And we were all fed a lie. I recently did an expansive amount of research into this. Apparently, there is no um, certain chemical that will put a ah. cloud of blue around you if you pee in a pool. We were all just fed that as a lie. Yeah, yeah I remember hearing that. I remember testing that theory, too. <laughs> yeah, look how effective so, that was. So I've been skeptical since, you know, single-digit age group. Yep. I believe that until about a month ago when I read it for myself and I was just like, all oh, the missed opportunities. Did you also see that study that that uh, pretty much figured out that 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 pool smell isn't the chlorine, but it's the urine mixed with the chlorine? Yeah. 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 But just chlorine on its own, diluted in water, doesn't really have an odor, but you mix some uric acid in with it, suddenly it smells like a pool. And, like, you have to figure, like, what other acids activate with it. You know, like, how acidic is body sweat? How acidic is deodorant? How acidic is hair gel or beard oil or the, um, you know, whatever fabric softener was on your on your shorts? Sure. Fair. I don't think it's a matter of pH, though. I think it's, I think it's a matter of the, uh, the actual chemical compound itself. Really? Is it, like, specifically just urine that does that? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's specifically urine. Yeah, I don't so, think it's a matter of you can throw any acid in there. Yeah. Well, so uh, there you have it, out, folks. <laughs> since we're talking about chemistry, um, I just found out the other day that the smell when someone farts is not methane. It's hydrogen sulfide. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, one that's... part per million hydrogen sulfide. Mm-hmm. Yeah, methane but, doesn't have an odor. Yes. So if you, like, had 30... 30 times more potent of a toot, it wouldn't smell like fart anymore because it would be 30 parts per million. So it would actually smell like sweet almonds. And if it was 100 times more potent at 100 parts per million, it wouldn't have a smell at all. Roger that. So this has actually brought us to my favorite part of every episode of The Smoke Pit is when I try to stump AJ with random (laughs) trivia and knowledge. So AJ... For all of the marbles in the world, who was the father of transcendentalism? Uh, you always ask me to get drunk so these episodes are fun, and then you won't like not <laughs> ask me trivia questions. But uh, I'm going to have to go with Ralph Waldo Emerson. Fucking wow. All right, next question. Darth Vader delivered the iconic line, I find your lack of faith disturbing, while choking General Mahdi. Who was Mahdi named after? Um... The guy who just plays with his neck for five minutes, then you never see him again. That guy was played by, or he was named after um, Conan O'Brien. Correct. George, he did not have George, a first name. Yeah, George Lucas was super annoying for some reason. Yeah, he did not have a first name until 2007 when Conan O'Brien asked him what his first name was. And George Lucas was just like, his name is Conan Antonio Modi. And just named him after him right there on the spot. <laughs> Next question. Tsar Nicholas' only son, Alexei, suffered from what rare condition that was quote-unquote treated by Rasputin, allowing him to gain royal favor? I, I need to know where you're getting these questions from, but luckily for me, my mother is super into royal families, so I already know that that one is hemophilia. Correct. Rasputin had a vague understanding of how hemophilia interacted with aspirin, and that's how he was able to manipulate his way into the royal family. 
All right, the Department of Energy just announced a massive breakthrough in nuclear fusion, specifically by achieving for the very first time ever this desired result. Um, I want to say goth girls, but I think I'm <laughs> going to go unlimited with, uh, power. <laughs> I think I'm going to go with uh, fusion ignition. Son of a bitch, for the first time ever, uh, they just did that. So we might have clean, renewable energy in the future. All right, final question. This might be the most difficult one ever. Uh, who is the most handsome man in the world? Absolutely, Ryan Reynolds. And if he got hit by a meteor and he was dead, Ryan Reynolds. Incorrect. The correct answer is, it's you, AJ. <laughs> well, like there Christmas. you have it, folks. AJ failed <laughs> My- his quiz, and he is... <laughs> Oh, dummy. My Christmas what the gift. fuck just happened? <laughs> For those of you who aren't watching the video. <laughs> I don't know why it jerked me around like that or why you jerked me around like that, but I guess my Christmas gift this year is uh, is Daniel saying something very nice to me in public. And then immediately <laughs> insulting you. <laughs> this mid-episode mental health break is brought to you by Telemine. Take a deep breath. Unclench your jaw, relax your shoulders, and then head over to Telemine, where you can link up with a national network of therapists and prescribers who provide TRICARE-covered mental health services via secured video chat from the privacy of your own home. Check out Telemine.com. Now back to the episode. <laughs> All right. That so now a decoy that gift. Your real gift is humility. <laughs> I don't need any more. I've got quite enough. Thank you. So now that that section uh, came to a very satisfying conclusion, I uh, (laughs) I wanted to get both of your academic opinions on a recent conversation that I had in the DMs over at Pop Smoke Media uh, Instagram, which, by the way, we recently had a a video with uh, uh, Josh Francis, who was on the podcast uh, before we I edited a video of his stand up and it got something like one point six million views and like two hundred thirty thousand likes on uh, on instagram and similar numbers on on tiktok so that that was crazy but we uh we answer a lot of dms over at, at our social media we have a lot of great conversation anybody who has followed us for any amount of time and has sent us a message that wasn't like super weird a little weird's okay uh, probably <laughs> has some sort of interaction with me personally uh but this is from the dm somebody told me marines are a gold-plated ak as an ak-47 they're mostly for showing off to other kids and looking cool. Nice to have, but not absolutely necessary. To which I replied, "Yeah, but a golden AK sits on the mantle of someone who own the mantle of someone's house who only shoots it once." Marines are like that tired hooker behind the I ninety five Waffle House outside of Baltimore. She gets rode hard and put away wet. Is the eye contact she gives during BJ strictly necessary? Not really. But seeing how little she values her own dignity keeps you coming back. And I feel like that was my experience as a Marine. And so I would like to open that up for a discussion. Jamie? <laughs> okay. So, I mean, you know, Army here. But, no, I, I, I would never in a million years say that, that we could dispense with the Marine Corps. Um, Marines are, are a necessity. They really are. And, uh, you know, we, we, we saw what happened over the past 20, 25 years when you improperly allocate assets of the department of defense you know the 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 marine corps bread and butter is fucking hitting something hitting it hard and killing everything that they see they are fucking good at that you guys are good at that shit 
You're good at going in. You're good at holding ground and going. That was fun. Um, and then the army, while we're you know equally proficient in invasions, is more of an occupying force. You know, we're good at walking around and keeping people from doing stupid shit. And I think you know we saw in Iraq and Afghanistan what happens when you take Marines and start sending them on patrol and you know put them in a fob and just keep them bored and unoccupied. Bad shit. Yeah. Bad shit happens. So when you see that for 20 years, when you see Marines being used improperly for two decades, yeah, it's easy to say, you know what? Those guys are fucking redundant. Let's let's 86 them. But, I mean, hell, the, the day that we need a Marine Corps landing and we don't have a Corps, we're going to wish we did. I, uh, I hear what you're saying there. And um, what I was trying to get you to brag about earlier uh, was you <laughs> co-directed a, um, a feature about Marines. Yes, yes, I did. Life too. I, I, yeah, I co-wrote, I co-directed, and I, I yeah. acted in uh, and acted season in. two of a Grunt's Life. You yeah, had and a that was... fantastic scene as a as a Marine team leader uh, that I that I shared on the uh, on the social media. Yeah, <laughs> which so which like, scene was that? Remind uh, me. You you were chewing out the guy uh, who had lost the fist fight to the uh, the uh, oh mechanic, yeah, and so then they had to bone, and mm -hmm. uh, he he didn't want to cheat on his girlfriend. But right, you know, you, you motivated him. I thought it was a great yeah. portrayal of a, a portrayal of a of a marine uh, fire team leader. Thank you, thank you. I yeah, I know I had to you know reach down into the into the bowels of my my NCO core and uh, you know dredge up some hate that I hadn't felt in a long time. But uh, <laughs> yeah, that was a that was a fun scene to do. Fun yeah. uh, fun factoid about that one is the uh, the the Lance Corporal getting chewed out. Richards uh, was the character's name. At some point. Um, Squad leader Sergeant Bishop reaches off, you know, from off screen and boom, slaps him across the face. Uh, in the take that made it in, made contact. That was an actual slap. He went too far. Nice. Richards took it like a champ and uh, <laughs> you know made it through the scene without breaking or going. Oh, it hurt, man. He was he was a trooper. Good deal. That was a Grunt's Life season two available now. Uh, so yeah, I I would say that you know as a Marine, I I feel like there's sometimes that we feel a little. Uh, a little unnecessary, you know, like, do they, they really need me here to be doing this right now? But I, I do agree with you that at the end of the day, when you need to evacuate the embassy, like having a having a unit of Marines there on the front line, like it's it's hard not to want that. Uh, so I'll, I'll kick that over to AJ. Do you think that the Marine Corps is the equivalent of a gold plated AK? So you just said you He's sometimes so drunk. Felt <laughs> I'm not so drunk. I'm just a reasonable amount of drunk, okay? I have a couple of days off of work. Anyway, um, besides, part of my charm. <laughs> you said that you felt like the Marine Corps uh, is kind of... I'm trying to remember the word you used exactly, like, unnecessary. Seeing how little she values her dignity is what keeps you coming back, is the exact quote. Um, and no, I, I didn't mean the part where you referred to the, to the Marine Corps as a hooker. I meant what you just said about part of the experience for you was feeling like, am I really needed to be right where I am doing this thing? Like, this feels like yeah. I'm useless. Now, do for you me, feel like you valued your dignity as a Marine? I I very much value my dignity as a Marine. And I feel like the, the problem is not that we are unnecessary, but that we are underutilized. <laughs> well, uh, we're not just admit to the court. I have photographic evidence of how you do not value your dignity. Let me go ahead and pull. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, nice try, buddy. Um, my thing is, as a Marine, I believe that it's less like a gold-plated AK-47 and more like 
a really good la rocket launcher, like a really nice one, and then you hand it to somebody, and because they don't know what to do with it, they just kind of drag it around with them forever. So now it's got all these bumps and bruises on the outside. Looks like shit. It's got water in it. You know, it's probably got some mold growing somewhere. But, like, if you actually knew what you were doing and you pop those sights out and you line it up and you check to see your back blast area is all secure and you launch that bitch, you're going to watch some buildings go down. And it's going to yeah. be sweet. You know, well, that is to that, good if way I to may, think about it. If I, I, if we're gonna if we're gonna rebrand the analogy, I would say the Marine Corps isn't isn't like a gold plated AK. It's just like a fucking AK. Fair. You know, people may speak disparagingly about it. And they may say, "Oh, it's not a, it's not that accurate. It's uh, it's not that great. It's too much stopping power, not enough accuracy, et cetera, et cetera." But and that may be true. But you can bury that thing in the dirt for ten years. You can let it <laughs> rust up and and treat it like shit. You know, you could pull it out of the ground looking looking like a, a, a freaking just a, a rusty piece of rebar. And if you can stomp that bolt back, that shit will fire. That shit yeah. will be as reliable as the day you buried it. So I, I think that's a, a fair not. assessment. And a Plus, quick point. Go ahead. Sorry, didn't mean to interrupt. But we can all be just universally excited in the fact that at least we're not the air force the 22 <laughs> bra derringer of the armed services fact b i would say you know the harbinger any, of nuclear warfare branch, <laughs> in spite of you know we love to break each other's balls but any branch of service that has an infantry corps is is a step above the rest you know yeah <laughs> that was a very diplomatically placed set of words i appreciate that so uh, just to help you guys sleep better at night, according to the Associate Press, during 2010 and 2019, 34 rocket launchers were lost from the U.S. military's uh, inventory. They are unaccounted for. Wow. Domestically or overseas? Domestically. <laughs> oh, domestically. Yeah. Yes. That's, That's why I animal. Yeah. So let's break this down from the top. Uh, there were 1,179 rifles missing, 694 handguns, 74 machine guns that went missing, 36 grenade launchers, 34 rocket launchers, 25 mortars, 11 shotguns, and seven others. What? One of the flamethrowers? Zip guns? <laughs> which which grenade launchers, though? Because M32s are garbage. I mean, you get at least one plank out of it. I mean, I would steal a 203 in a heartbeat if I didn't have a moral obligation to uphold my oath to this country. <laughs> now, so that being said, um, we I, I like that you asked if it was uh, foreign or domestic. Those are the kind of critical thinking skills that we uh, pride ourselves here in the smoke pit. <laughs> now, does anybody remember the rumor of, I think it was around 2007, that the Rangers had lost a 50 cal in Ramadi? That does sound vaguely familiar. I was busy in 2007, but I take your word for it. Yeah, so no, AJ so was and I, I, and I wasn't too yeah. far from Ramadi. That does sound familiar, yeah. Yeah, AJ and I were literally a click away from Ramadi uh, when I heard it over the radio. And, um, yeah, there, there, there were some persistent rumors that uh, that was going on. And they had to go around and ask the locals, have you seen a 50 cal? <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah, Dishka, Dishka. Like, no, 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 no Dishka. No, 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 no Dishka. But if, if you know where any of those are. <laughs> yeah, we'll take them, though. 
So do you think that when um, that when you're speaking to somebody in a foreign language, do you think that you are trying to parrot their uh, cadence and their mannerisms and the way that they say words? Or are you just unconcerned knowing that you have like a full blown American accent? No, I, I try to I try to keep it authentic. I, I try to emulate the cadence and the and the, the inflection. I, I try because language is such a tonal thing, you know. Um, uh, some languages, particularly, are, are you know explicitly tonal. Um, so no, I, I think it's important to sort of you know not have an egregious American accent when you when you speak in a foreign language. Yeah, because I I speak enough Spanish to, to keep AJ and I out of jail when we travel. I know I have a very heavy American accent and. So as I've spoken Spanish in, in various other countries, like I'm aware of the fact that nobody's probably going to mistake me uh, for a local. And um, earlier today, when I was kind of practicing my lines, uh, Samantha was just like, you know, you sound like uh, a Latin dictator with, uh, with the way that you speak Spanish. And uh, I, I kind of laughed at that because I didn't really have a whole lot of male Spanish speakers growing up uh, in my life. It was, it was mostly my mom and my grandma. And so the only real people, like I had a little bit of time with my grandfather, but you know, he was, he was getting older. And um, the only real kind of like male Spanish voices that I heard was that was uh, what was on like Telemundo. And then have you ever been to Disney and rode the monorail? Yeah. <laughs> they have the, please stand clear of the doors, por favor, mantengase al lado de las puertas. And so like, that's kind of like my internal Spanish voice, like what I, what it sounds like. Uh, so I, I know AJ. I'm going to put you on the spot again. You you speak a little bit of Russian. Uh, how would you give a greeting uh, to all of our foreign listeners? Because I, I looking at the analytics, we have a few people in Russia listening to us. So how, how would how would you greet them? Oh, drunkenly, um, <laughs> as is right and proper in the in the in the motherland. Which, if I said that all in one line without the Jameson in the middle, that would have sounded really good. But I got all the words right and the inflection correct. So I think that kind of balances it out. <laughs> Jamie, do you speak any foreign languages? Um, I speak a little bit of Spanish. I, I started learning some Italian a number of years ago yeah. and uh, just kind of let that lapse. How was yeah. my Spanish there? Uh, así, así, más o menos. Uh, mm, pienso es mejor que... Yeah. Sorry, Jamie. You definitely I think you're reinforcing him because you definitely sound like a Telemundo like <laughs> commercial announcer. Yeah, no, that's many. that's that's my like affect when I when I speak Spanish. It just becomes very very masculine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one of my uh, nicknames growing up was El Guapo, which is uh, kind of funny when you think about the term of uh what is to be handsome? You know what I mean? And in Spanish culture, to be masculine is to be handsome, not necessarily to have a pretty face, if that makes sense. See, si, see, si, el mochismo. <laughs> <laughs> so if you could master any accent uh, or any uh, sort of like a regional dialect, what would it be? So I will say that there's a, a few accents that I do well. But the problem is that, like, American's very easy for most English speakers. They just have to kind of dumb down their English a little bit, and they kind of nail it. So, well, first like, they got to pick one. Well, good. Yeah. A good example of that is like you hear people singing 
sometimes and you can't tell that they're from the Great Britain or from another Eastern European or Western European country that speaks English. Because when you're singing, the words get rounded off a little bit. So sometimes you're like, oh, that person's from the UK. That's weird. Um, but there's certain accents that I can do that they're accent adjacent that is harder because I have less confidence in it because I've seen how badly Americans fuck it up. Like, I would love to pull off Scottish without sounding like a dumb American trying to do Shrek. <laughs> and it's kind of kind of funny how the uh, I like what you said uh, that you ha you'd have to pick one because uh, according to our executive producer, there are 30 major dialects in America. And you may not think what that sounds like, but think about how different like the California surfer accent is from like a Massachusetts accent or how different the Midwestern accent is from like um, a New York accent and then even New Jersey and down in, in Texas. And even like Louisiana is different than uh, than Virginia when you talk about Southern accents. Yeah, that Kentucky drawl is something special. Yeah, in Virginia, <laughs> put a little bit of molasses there on your consonants. I put that molasses in your mouth. <laughs> down here in Virginia. This is why... Both being from Louisiana and living in Virginia, I'm still mm. technically more Southern than anybody else in this country. But I also, for some reason, sound like I'm from, uh, what is it, Connecticut, the land of all white people. The land of opportunity. <laughs> that's that's what my squad called it. I had a, when I'm, the first time I was a squad leader, my Marine said, uh, you know, hey, Sergeant Pfeffer, where are you from? Like, you, I, we can't tell. And I said, where do you think I'm from? And they're like, you're from Connecticut because that's where white people come from. So they're not exclusively. There are bed and breakfast in Vermont, but yeah, you know, well, it's um, a Cajun accent is as different from a Hawaiian accent as uh, as you could possibly uh, possibly be. So uh, it just really gets in my craw to to use a little bit of AJ speak when uh, people say that America doesn't have culture because it's like okay, <laughs> Tony Hawk has more culture in one kickflip than you have in your entire country. So don't even get me started. <laughs> uh. So does anybody got a good answer? What what language or what accent? What, what would you want to master if, if you had the opportunity? Well, so so accents and languages are two different things. A accents yeah, and languages are definitely two different things. Um, uh, fuck. I, I, honestly, if if I was going to master a language, it would it would be Spanish, just because you know I've I've got the foundation already, and it's probably the most alternative, most useful alternative language in the U.S. And it's also pretty 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 handy abroad too as far as regional dialect if i was to master one i would love to become proficient in english rhyming slang like cockney english rhyming slang yeah <laughs> yeah that would could be you imagine fun. speaking nobody would know uh, what the hell i'm talking about not even could the other people speaking, who speak that language right could you imagine speaking spanish with like a cockney accent see i'm trying to joke. imagine that right now no, no, that's the shit I love. Because as soon as you start talking about accents, I was thinking about um, there's an audiobook I'm listening to right now that's got four different characters. And they'll go like two chapters with one character and then two chapters with another and then all the way down the line and they'll rotate them. And the thing is, you'll have the voice actor who's got a very particular accent themselves has to do the accent of their own character, but also do accents for the other characters they are experiencing as that other character speaks. And they are so disparate. 
So you have one where the main character is a moonborn soldier with kind of a like a low rent British accent. It's kind of like halfway between is Welsh would be a good act a, a good general vicinity. Oh, this and guy's so drunk he's talking about space accents. Yes. And then you have him trying to do the accent of another character, which is an earthborn larger person with kind of a Norse accent, but only speaks English and that Norse language interchangeably. Mm. So you have like kind of the Welsh speaking the Norwegian at their cadence and dialect, which is just wackadoodle. Well, uh, for your viewing and listening pleasure, may I present to you the U.S. Embassy in Doha speaking, I believe, Arabic with a Texas accent. Marhaba, Zumalai. How to Alamoon, Mahia, Asen, Walaya, Amakia. In Texas. Yeah, so that's what that sounds like, speaking Arabic with a Texas accent. Now, that, that would be pretty impressive. What in the fat belt buckle plaid wearing truck driving nonsense is that? <laughs> no, I, I love it. When I was when I was in high school, uh, I, I, like I said, I took Spanish in high school, and there was this girl in my class who spoke Spanish better than most of the class. I mean, she had the vocabulary and the conjugations and the tenses down pat, but her accent was 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 atrocious. So she would speak <laughs> this, this great Spanish with this like super affected Long Island Jew accent. But the teacher would ask her, like, oh, hey, Katie, ¿qué hace después de escuela? And she's like, después de la escuela, yo prepara una merienda en la cocina con mis amigos. <laughs> it was absolutely comical to listen to. Oh, that's amazing, man. And I, I like how uh, you, you you made it so specific as to what her accent was. I cannot say that. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, so does anybody else have any final rounds for that before we kind of wrap the episode up? Mm. Oh, I would like to say you mentioned Iceland earlier, and I finally yeah. got around to trying that. Uh, oh, shit, it's clear. There we go. Yeah. Trying that gin that you brought home. Oh, right. there it is. <laughs> yeah. Finally got around to trying that. It was delicious. Thank you. Well, fantastic. Uh, if yeah. I had to pick, I think that it would be incredibly hot to speak Spanish with an Australian accent. Now, hear me out. What if you spoke Australian with a Spanish accent? I think that would also be hot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How do you say hoop snake in Spanish? <laughs> By the time if you spoke with a Spanish accent and it's already a language you're like a linguistic divergence you're unfamiliar with, it's going to all just sound like one long Foster's commercial on like (laughs) 1.75% speed. So it's not going to matter. Well, um, I remember uh, there was a point in life where AJ was screaming at the top of his lungs, look out, there's a snake in Spanish. But that's a story from another time. (laughs) (laughs) It was, was, as per usual, terrible Spanish, but highly effective. Lightning round. One country you want to visit in 2023 and your New Year's resolution. AJ, go. Um... 
South Africa or like the tip of South America, either way. And New Year's resolution. I have to fit in custom made pulse armor by October, which means I have to keep up a solid workout routine for the next 10 months straight. Ironically, both of those are to escape the Wendigo he used to date. Jamie, your turn. <laughs> uh, country I intend to visit um, uh, Laos and Thailand. Um, and uh, uh, New Year's resolution. Yeah, I'm, I'm going the cliche route as well. I, uh, I just want to be you know beach ready as fuck for Key West in December of 2023. All right. So as for countries I want to visit, I've been trying to get to the Bahamas uh, for the longest time, specifically because the first time that U.S. sent forces onto foreign soil carrying our own standard was Nassau in the Bahamas with the U.S. Marines um, under the first commandant, Samuel Nickus. But uh, that be that as it may, I've, I've been trying to get to the Bahamas for the longest time. And I, I really feel like this is the, the year for that. As for uh, resolutions, I will see the Northern Lights this year. <laughs> I have been to the Arctic Circle, I think, like four times now. And each time there's been something to get in the way where I wasn't able to see the Northern Lights. So this year I will see the Northern Lights. So, All right. Maybe, so. <laughs> maybe we could do a podcast under the Northern Lights. Oh, that'd be so romantic. I like right. work on that accent until then. <laughs> <laughs> Just sitting in those laps. Uh. Right on. So for myself, Dan Sharp, Jamie Goldie Goldstein, and AJ Pfeffer, fair winds following seas, and we'll see you next season here in the Smoke Pit. Bye. Bye.